When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You straight up cuckooed that dude, bro. Oh my God. You've got all your Charger gear on because you're feeling fresh as hell. Well, you guys better enjoy it. The fans loved it. You have to love what you're seeing on tape if you're a Chargers fan, especially for the future with Justin Herbert. On the move and throws and Together. Players, coaches, staff, fans, together, we can create something truly special. Stay tuned for some good content. <laughs> well, hello again, everybody. Welcome back to the Charger Chat. I'm your co-host, Wooldog, still sitting with my buddy, Kev Huggin Duggan. This is becoming a thing. It is. You we and are, me. It is a trend now, yes. <laughs> yeah. Whether it's from Kyle being sick or being at the beach. We are now three into it, so we've got a streak going for for the No <laughs> yeah. Kyle episode. This so respect working. the streak, yeah. This is where respect the streak. <laughs> this is working. I like it. And I want to preface this with: I apologize in advance for my wackiness. I just got off a fifteen-hour day on the film set, and my brain is oh mushy. It is on the so fried side. Get yeah. ready. <laughs> Kev's brain is over easy, folks. Um, (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) So it's going to be one of those episodes. So hold on tight. Um, Plenty to talk about this episode. We've got a new all in to to digest and go over. There's some rules coming out in the NFL. And we've got some killer interviews and, as always, a kick-ass Craig experience. But let's start at the top. All in came out the day that our last episode came out, so we didn't have a chance to take a look at it till now. Let's freaking go. I'm so excited, dude. I love this documentary series so much. It is so well done. So well done. It Those is. Those guys know what they're doing for sure. It makes me, when I see the news that uh, Hard Knocks is going to be in Detroit, I'm like, doesn't matter. Doesn't Honestly, matter. Hard Knocks, <laughs> I used to get so excited for it. I just don't give a shit about it. It doesn't Knocks matter anymore. anymore. There's no. no no reason to care about it because you're going to get all in with just some of the best pieces, man, like to get you excited for what's going on. Um, obviously, the big the big stuff that they went over, Khalil Mack, getting yeah. Khalil Mack, which, uh, you know, it still really hasn't sunk in the names that we've that we've signed until we see these guys hit the field. Like, that's when I it's know. really going to be like, man, we got Khalil Mack. Like, what, like, what is going on? I love I love Staley, man. Like he I was like him, a dude. kid at Christmas. Like the smile on his face when Khalil Mack walked into his office was yeah. like, okay, this guy got everything he wanted for Christmas, and he is ready. Like, yeah, like I, he, you could feel his enthusiasm. Absolutely. the 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 body language was what really spoke more than whatever it was that he was saying. Like. And especially in Khalil Mack, like every interview with Khalil Mack, he's very soft-spoken. He's very, you know, he's one of those guys that, you know, speaks softly, carry a big stick, um, you know, lets his actions speak on the field, which is so in tune with every other personality that we have here on this team. He's not walking in there going, you know, I'm Khalil Mack. He doesn't have that swagger to him or anything like that. He is very humble and very just happy to be there. So he's very soft-spoken, but then when he gets to Staley, you can hear there's just like that little like, you know, just, just like, clicks ah, it, you know, just clicks it up one notch. Just a bit extra because you because that is the excitement that obviously has been building up to that moment of Staley 
getting Khalil Mack. And we, we, it, that's the thing. It's like not just Staley talking about Khalil Mack. We saw it when in those interviews with Brandon Staley, he's got that Khalil Mack jersey that's hanging up in, yeah. in his house or in his office. That's just like, yeah, that is, that is a, it's becoming a storybook moment right now of getting Khalil Mack to play with the Chargers. Um, still just such a crazy huge name and, and seeing him, uh, interact with everybody the 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 comment from Joe Lombardi when Lombardi was like, Hey man, we had a freaking team package for you, but you, you were just that good. Well, and it's interesting to the comparison between Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. Very, I think very similar personalities, kind of quiet, mm-hmm. kind of like they, but they turn it on when it's football time. When it's time to and, turn it on, it is on. And so seeing those guys coming off the edge is going to be amazing. But then the, also the thing is like, I think a lot of us take, you know, don't really take into consideration is like the leadership. Like you say leadership, yeah. you say, you know, you know, you got to have good guys that have been there before on your team, but it really does affect the culture moving forward and how people learn how to do things. So it sounds like Cleo Mack's going to come in. Like you've already got him with, you know, Derwin James and some mm-hmm. of these other veterans. It might take the whole team to the next level, like what they were saying in that documentary. Hundred percent, yeah. The the getting guys like Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is an absolute difference maker. As we've seen him play with all these other different teams, and then you get somebody like J.C. Jackson. J.C. Jackson, who is again like we just haven't seen like I think this level on our team in a while for J.C. Jackson. I don't remember defense ever being at this level really it's it's been a really long time since right. it's, we've had anything even remotely close to how stacked this is right yeah it's just it's been it's been a hot minute man we've we've been it's just i'm at a loss for words for how excited i am to see this guy come in and and then you've also got sebastian joseph day and austin johnson and the thing that kind of struck me as i'm watching this is as staley mentions like you know jc jackson uh been a part of a championship. Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day, been a part of a championship. Khalil Mack, clearly a leader, you know, just hasn't had that that piece of it yet and really should. It's actually kind of surprising out of all those names that like it's Khalil yeah. Mack that just hasn't had the championship yet. So yeah, bringing those guys in, getting that winner mentality, like that is what is being brought into this. And people that are familiar with Staley, and as Khalil Mack was also talking about, like the relationships, man, it is clear how important that is. Yeah. And what Brandon Staley brings to this is so energizing just from watching, you know, as a fly on the wall, the amount of times that he's talking to Khalil Mack and just connecting with him. And I think that is such a different mentality, at least from what we've seen Again, we don't know the entirety of conversations, so I don't want to necessarily say this as like it's fact. But I got to say, like when you see people like Anthony Lynn, who was our was the one prior, he had the mentality of like, "Do your job. We hired you for a reason. Do your job." Yeah. And how hard are you going to necessarily do your job for somebody that has that mentality versus somebody like Brandon Staley, who's like, "Hey, how was the Bahamas, man?" Yeah, yeah. Let me let me count the ways for all for how awesome you are, JC Jackson. You do this great. You do this great. You do this great. Like, how much more are you like, dude? I want to fucking play for this guy. I want to fucking like. I'm gonna do my darndest to get this done. Oh, for sure. It's the culture that's changing, man. Exactly. The the big thing that we've needed for a long time, and it's happening. And year one, it started to change. Year two is going to be even more of a change. It's going to be even. Better. So I, I can't I wait really for that next wait. episode and see more of what what <sighs> they have behind the scenes and what they have in store. And you know, I'm excited. This was, this was a great all in. If you haven't seen the, definitely go check it out. Absolutely, please go check it out because it will it will get you hyped Weird. for this season. You're just like, all right, when's the season start? Because like I'm fucking ready. And, and then you look I'm at the calendar even- and you're like. It's too far away. I started looking at my frequent flyer miles. Be like, I started to do calculations. Like, yeah, yeah, I should be good. Should be good. I should make this much, this much, this much. Okay, we're good. Math done. Um, All right. Well, looking at around the league, uh, it came out today. Playing rule proposal one was amended. Both teams are now guaranteed a post uh, possession in overtime, but it's now postseason only. It was approved per source. This came from Ian Rappaport uh, and. The official overtime rules, again, just for postseason, which is 
weird. At least I'll right? take it. I it's mean, something. yeah, we'll take it. Don't get me wrong, but weird, right? This it, it's 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 odd. I, well, I think what I think what it is it has a lot to do with like TV. So TV, they expect games to be over at a certain time. Okay, this extends how long games go. So you you know when we're, we're, our games are on usually at like the one o'clock time or mm-hmm. wherever you are in your time zones, mm-hmm. you're waiting for that game to be over before it flips over to your game. Mm-hmm. That's where things become a problem if okay. you do this in if overtime games. So I see and playoffs. It doesn't matter because those are, there's only a couple games it's on playoffs. the day. Okay. I feel like that's why it's only happening in the playoffs. I could, feel I could get that. Yeah, that makes sense. But um, it, I, I like this. I really like what they decided to do. Yeah, so the specifics that came out for the new, again, postseason playoff overtime rules, both teams will have the opportunity to possess the ball in overtime in the postseason. If the score is tied after each team has possessed the ball, the next score wins. Uh, if the team kicking off to start the overtime period scores a safety on the receiving team's initial possession, the team that kicked off is the winner. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm, interesting. I'm on board. I. It is such a quarterback favored league. We've talked about this before. Uh, yeah. Everything is set up for quarterback success. The, the penalties and you know you can't you can barely touch people now. Like. You need to give both quarterbacks a chance. You, you just do. It, in it my does opinion. absolutely well. It, the, as we saw in in just our own <laughs> overtime situations, it was just like man. The, there were times like Kansas City where it was just like man, we didn't even get a shot. Like we just didn't even have just a chance. Give us the ball once, and yeah. you can still you can still play stout defense. D- do it and yeah. go score. Yeah, you know it, it. It doesn't change that much. It just gives you an opportunity. And it makes it more fun to watch. Like I, I love watching exciting football. Right. And this is setting things up to be more exciting football. Right. And if anything, our quarterback is clutch as f- Absolutely. Yes. Sorry. Forgive no. me for that. that. That was an unnecessary use of the F word. I don't know why I dropped that enough. <laughs> forgive Dude, me. I, I'm Noodle pretty brain. sure I've dropped three already, so yeah. don't sweat yeah. it. Yeah. There's some um, scramble, scram, scramby <laughs> eggs up in there. I don't know why I dropped that. But like he, he is going to... We are always going to have a really good opportunity in overtime yes. if we get in, if we get into the playoffs, and I imagine they'll you know this will go well and they'll bring it into the regular season at some point. Yeah, I think I mean I'm sure that time block, like you just mentioned, that that the time of from one game to another, it's like well, just change it. The season hasn't happened yet. It's like no, I'm pretty sure those are well set in stone for years to come. That like yeah. it's got to take some time for them to like start. Inching games a little further apart from each other. Just the just the tip, just for a second. You mm-hmm. just got to ease this new rule in. You don't want right. to go all in all all at once. So right. You gotta, just, just it, it, but it is just interesting that that wasn't like, well, let's test it in the preseason and see how <laughs> it goes. They were the just like, nope. Time. Let's put it in the postseason. <laughs> lickety going, split. Uh, actually, it may not be just the tip. It may be, <laughs> it may be all of it because they really went for it on the biggest, most important games yeah. that are deciding factors. So, and, But that'll be exciting. I mean, especially this last postseason, the games were exciting. Like The games were just gunslinging playoff. postseason. It's that Kansas City game where I think it re- revealed to everyone like how like a one quick fluke play could do undo everything that the Bills did yeah. and, and, and Allen did. So... Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's, it, yeah, I don't Trent, know. we're I'm, moving in the right direction. That's, we are going, that, right which direction. is what we, we like to see. Um, what we also like to see is a tweet that came out from Jarrett Bailey, who said the QBs with the most on target throws in 2021. Uh, number one was Tom Brady. Understandable. Uh, number two was our very own Justin Herbert, who had 527 on target throws in 2021. So and Tom Brady had 531. So we're talking about four throws. Yes. Yeah, four throw difference. So um and Patty Mahomes is a little down there 485. Yeah. Carr 466. At least 40 Allen, yeah. At least 40 down from there. Yeah, you know who I'm not seeing in the top 5 is Tua Tagovailoa. So good luck nope. to you Tyreek Hill. Um <laughs> but yeah, I mean again just a testament to to Justin Herbert his his ability to just drop dimes and as long as these guys can catch the ball like (laughs) that's all we need is just got to catch that ding dang ball so uh just one more reason for us to be thankful that we have somebody like justin herbert 
and we hadn't talked about Herbert like in this way in a while. So we were just like, we got to slide this in. Sure. We need to have a little Herbert moment. We got to like, remind everybody that we've got. We got a gush on our boy. Yeah. We've got the quarterback that has the second most on target throws from last year. To the goat. To the goat. The goat that is Tom Brady. So, That's right. Hey, baby goat. Let's go. That's right. Uh, and if you uh, have a goat of your own, you can go to chargerchat.com. Uh, and check out some of the great stuff we have over there. We've got shirts and hoodies and stickers <laughs> and a member section where you can chat it up with other Charger Chatteteers. Tell them all about your goat, and uh, you can also ask questions and ask Bolt Fam. So if you got a goat, I'd love to hear about it. Put it down in the comments. Um, <laughs> We're doubling down on this goat. <laughs> I really, I mean, I've got to at this point. So um, if you have a goat, uh, put it down in the comments. I'd love to know, what is the name of your goat? Or did you name your goat? Are you planning on eating that goat? Then it's probably best not to name it. But uh, I want to hear about it and go to chargechat.com. Um, all right. Well, as I mentioned, folks, we have got a, uh, a pretty special interview. Um, how, how did this even come across Kevin? So, you know, we're partners with bolt beat and, uh, Jason Reed over at bolt bolt beats a good friend. And, uh, he's like, Hey Kev, uh, we got Matt money Smith. And you would do God, that's crazy. Want to talk to him. I was like, I would want nothing more in this world to talk to Matt money Smith. However, he's like, okay, however, <laughs> and then he's like, he's available at this time. And I'm like, okay, great. And then the, the, the thing I'm on right now, right. totally just sideswiped me and yeah. I wasn't available. So I wasn't able to do it, but we have a fill in interviewer. His name is Jason Reed. He's an awesome of dude Beat. Yeah. of bold beat. Yeah. And he got to talk with Matt money Smith and you know, it's too good of an interview not to bring it. So we appreciate you, uh, Jason and, uh, Hope you guys enjoy this. All right, let's go to it. As soon as the clock starts, yo, it's mine. When I met Justin Herbert, man, that dude is big as hell. You know, the goal is to just keep it rolling. Well, come in hype because we have a lot of things to be excited about. Yeah, I don't know if I can do one word, Jason, but I'll just say, you know, I guess if I did, it'd be defense. You know, I look at last year's free agency and and they identified offensive line and, and Tom Telesco and, and his team went out and, you know, found Corey Lindsley and then filled in around it. So they got their blue chip, arguably the best center in the league. You know, and they they plug in Matt Filer and Ode Abushi around that, and that was their number one priority. We have to fix the offensive line mm-hmm. um, to make sure we take care of our most prized asset, Justin Herbert. This offseason, clearly, you know, Brandon Staley had a vision coming off coordinating the number one defense in the league, and it could not have gone any worse, I'm sure, than he could have possibly imagined. Yeah. So they identified, you know, we we need to fix that side of the ball. Uh, they fixed the interior of the line with Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day, and. And I assumed they were going to follow the same blueprint. Um, I didn't think there were going to be, you know, five or six slash signings. So they got their blue chip and JC Jackson, the number one corner on the market, you know, arguably the number one corner in the league, save maybe Jalen Ramsey the last couple of years. Absolutely. And, um, and then they filled in around him. Right. You know, and, and the thing that I didn't see coming was Khalil Mack. Um, but my guess is they probably identified Chenna, um, and what that deal was going to look like and that he was going to get north of 10 mil average annual value and, and probably have that long conversation with Brandon Staley about, okay, Khalil's a little bit older. He's coming off a major injury. Chen is younger. He's gotten better every year. And, and my guess is this is where some familiarity wins out. And, and, you know, coach Staley, just knowing what he was capable of, of doing with Khalil Mack and, and how he envisions him flourishing in this system, especially opposite Joey Bosa. And I think that's where it really caught our attention. Um, not only did they re-sign Mike Williams, but they brought in Khalil Mack and JC Jackson. I mean, you're talking about essentially bringing back a pro bowler and Mike Williams and then bringing in two all pros yeah. in Jackson and Khalil Mack. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and even though, you know, the defense didn't go as expected in 2021, um, a big thing with Brandon Staley, he, he established a new culture with the team, it seemed like. Um, whether it's the philosophy on uh, offense going for it on fourth down and just the, the overall culture, you know, seemed to establish a winning culture. And he seems to really have his, you know, his hand on the pulse of the decision-making in the off season. Um, does this seem, you know, being around the team and being around other head coaches, does he seem like he may have a little bit more pull with some of the decision-making with personnel or is this kind of, you know, same decision-making power as someone like Anthony Lynn? It's just, you know, a more aggressive approach. Um, I, I think it's impossible to, to say he doesn't have more, you know, I mean, you just see the players that have come in, um, how many of them are former players of his that he's been with, you know, whether it's Gerald Everett at tight end that they just signed or Sebastian Joseph day or Khalil Mack. I think it's, 
it's it's obvious, you know, that that he's got some say, and he should, you know. I think every coach should, you know. That was the case with with Anthony Lynn. Look, Tyrod Taylor was a starting quarterback, you know. That's <laughs> who Anthony Lynn was with in in Buffalo. So I think every head coach has that. Um, I I do think, you know, it does feel like maybe there's a little bit more. I just I, it feels like it's a little uncharacteristic for the Chargers to to you know trade a, tw- a second round pick for a guy that's got you know 60 million bucks left on his deal in Khalil Mack that's sort of out of character for them so I, I think that's probably you know an indicative that he does have some say and and you know and and Tom Telesco and, and he believe in each other and and you know what they can do together because ultimately Tom's the one that's going to be held accountable for it more than Brandon Staley is so mm-hmm. um they still have to to be pushing you know in the right in, in the same direction in order for that to happen. And just kind of going back to your point about, you know, what he was able to establish in year one, no question. I think they believe in that, you know, as, a, as an organization from, from Dean and, and AG and John Spanos all the way down, you know, they liked the product that they saw on the field, you know, and I think that's, it's hard for fans to separate, you know, wins and losses versus production and playing and feel and culture and identity, you know, ultimately you look at it and you're like, Oh, it's a nine and eight season and you lost to the Raiders in week 18. And that sucked. And yeah, it did, you know, losing to Houston in, in week 15 or 16 sucked. Um, but <laughs> like, it's a really exciting brand of football. Like it is fun to watch charger games. Um, and it's a really young team and they're only going to keep getting better. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, that it's going to coincide with this dominant sort of era or window of AFC football, specifically in the AFC West, you yeah. know, and everybody can't win, you know, people are, there's going to be really good teams that don't get into the playoffs and their fan base is going to be upset. Um, but I think as far as what the Chargers, all you can ever ask as, as a fan. And I think, you know, as someone who's a little bit older and has, you know, children that are of high school and college age, it's just, Hey, you know, bust your ass and do your best. And, you know, whatever the outcome is, is, is the outcome, you know, but it's, it's the effort and it's, you know, it's the want and it's the, the buy-in that, that you can control. And I feel like the chargers are controlling that. I, I don't have, I don't, I don't second guess too much about the way this team plays or the way this team is coached. I know the fourth down thing can rub some people the wrong way, but you know what? Love it. Selfishly, I love it. I'm a play-by-play yep. guy. I mean, it's <laughs> awesome. I get to call fourth downs, you know, do or die. So, yeah, I mean, selfishly, I love it. Love it. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in process over results. Um, you look at 2020, 7-9 record, and then 2021, 9-8 record. Some fans might say, hey, there was only a, a, a two-win difference, but an extra game. But the process is different. You could see just from an outsider's perspective, the like you said, the philosophy, the culture, hardworking, all that stuff. You know, the 2020 Chargers were three and nine and won four in a row. This this Chargers team was a lot different. Um, and I'm also a firm believer in the second year jump between quarterbacks and head coaches. I know Brandon Staley is a defensive minded head coach, but you look at guys like you know Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, their second year together with Mahomes being a starter. Uh, Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll back in the day, their second year together. Um, even though Staley's defensive-minded head coach and the defense is kind of the the agenda this offseason, do you think we're going to see an even bigger jump from Justin Herbert in his second year in this Joe Lombardi, Brandon Staley offense? Well, I mean, that'd be something. You know, I mean, he... he I don't know how he much was, there's a jump. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was in the conversation as the best quarterback in the NFL last year. So, but yeah, I would assume he's going to get more comfortable, even more comfortable. You know, the, if, if you go back to his time at Oregon, you know, he was in a new offense every single year of the last four years. So that's a lot, you know, for a young player, especially when you talk about the jump to the NFL and especially how much different the offense was under Joe Lombardi than it was under Shane Steichen. So, yeah, you know, it's, I, I think it's, you know, you would have to assume he's going to get more comfortable and a lot of those option routes and just the, the comfort inside of that offense are just, they're only going to get more natural to him, especially since so many of the players are back. You know, he's got Mike back. And I think that's why it was so important for them to make sure they extended Mike Williams, you know, just to to try to get as much continuity as possible. You know, Eckler will be back. Keenan's there. Mike Williams is there. Okay, you're good. There's your there's your core. There's your blanket. And now we can start to figure out, is it a draft? You know, is it a first round receiver? Is there someone here in late free agency that's still out there that that could maybe, you know, compete with Jalen Guyton as that third receiver and Josh Palmer as that third receiver. Is this what the receiver room is going to look like? 
who knows? I mean, there's still, you know, we, we obviously look, trades are being made all the time. Devontae yeah. Adams just got <laughs> traded a couple of days ago, you know? So who knows if, if a guy doesn't get sent out, you know, and, and they remake things still, because, you know, when you're talking about money, a lot of times you want to, maybe there's somebody out there, but you're trying to find ways to afford them. Especially when you look at the offensive line on the right side of that offensive line, I don't know if they're going to bring back Kabushi or they're looking at the draft for free, you know, for a right tackle. If there's still somebody out there, that they're sort of kicking around. I, I think there's still some, to me, there's still some moves to be made, but that's kind of on a, on a tangent from what your point is. I guess what I'm, what I'm getting after here is I expect Herbert to be just as good as he was last year. I, I think they certainly identified the offense, especially in bringing in Gerald Everett and, and re-signing Mike Williams as, Hey, that's not going to slide. You know, we, we can't just assume that Justin Herbert's great and we can let Mike Williams walk yeah. and we can, you know, go with Trey McKitty and hope he becomes a better receiver as great of a blocker as he is. You know, I think they showed their investment there and, and taking that jump, but even, you know, just kind of building off what you mentioned about coach Staley being a defensive coach, that's where I think we're going to see the jump, yeah. you know, and it's obviously it can't be much worse than it was last year, but I, <laughs> I think the question is how much of a jump and, and I expect there to be a sizable uh, a sizable move from this defense this year. You mentioned the draft. I wanted to ask you a question, kind of a two-pronged question. First is who you think, you know, just based on how the roster is built right now, who you think the Chargers might be targeting with the 17th overall pick. And then second part is who you selfishly want them to take with the 17th overall pick as a play-by-play guy. Yeah, you know, one thing that I've found with Tom Telesco is he always takes best player. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, there are certain teams that say they do that, but then they end up drafting for need. And I think that the thing that people get confused by is, you know, if, if the grades are close, then yeah, they're going to draft for need, you know, but if there's a sizable difference in where their grades are and someone slides to 17 that they did not expect to be there, they're going to take them, you know, whether that's a, an O-lineman or a receiver or a defensive lineman or whatever it may be, that's what they're going to do. Um, and I think they've always operated that way. So, you know, who's in play? Uh, you see a lot of people are putting Trevor Penning out there because he looks like he's the one offensive lineman that could slide. I think Cross is a more natural left tackle. So I don't think if he slides, he ends up, you know, he, they may feel good about moving him to the right side, but I think he's a little bit more of that pass protector um, as opposed to that right tackle sort of run greater. And, and you know what? Nowadays, it doesn't really matter. You know, you can really flip side. Guys can flip a lot. It seems like they can flip a lot easier. Um, but at the same time, I, I think if Penning's there, I could see him being really high on their board. I won't be surprised at all if they've got a lot of the receivers graded out crazy high. It's a good class. Yeah. Um, you know, if Olave's there, if Wilson's there, if London's there, I could see them really taking a hard look uh, at that. And then look, obviously, you know, I was at the combine. I got to see it with my own eyes. Those Georgia defensive linemen are incredible. <laughs> they are giant and they are complete freaks. I mean, complete freaks. So, you know, this was something that I was taking income and doing the chargers weekly podcast with Chris Harry. You know, I've been talking about Jordan Davis for a while. Not like I'm alone on some Island. A lot of people have been bringing him up, but for some reason, people got this idea that he was a two down defensive line. It's like, no, they just have depth. The guy was so effective on first and second down and blowing up run lanes and run fits. And they didn't even have to worry about run fits from your linebackers. That guy was in the backfield on every snap. So they were <laughs> able to rest him on third down and just say, whatever, dude, we, we can roll these guys through. So, um, he would be the only one that would probably still, he's Yeah. He is going to be the only one that would still be available. I don't think he's going to be there. So, as much as I'd like to see Jordan Davis, people seem to think, you know, with Johnson and Joseph Day, they've got that squared away, you know, with with Pahoko, who I thought played really well uh, in spot duty. And 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 also I like Forrest Merrill a lot, too. And I think he'll end up being back on this roster. But um, if Jordan Davis were there, that'd be great. I'd love to see another corner. I, I don't think you can ever have too many defensive backs. So if, if McDuffie was was able to slide a little bit or maybe if Stingley, you know, he's going to have his pro day coming up here. Um, if he shows out, he'll end going top 12, so he won't be yeah. there, but McDuffie might, um, if he's there, you know, bring him back home, you know, get him back into LA where he plays high school ball. So, yeah. um, I'd like to see that, um, trying to think of who else could be there. I think that's, that's, that's probably a healthy, yeah, yeah. That, that's, I think that's probably what we're, what we're looking at. 
Um, and then, you know, touching on um, your duty as a play-by-play guy and kind of your connections with the team. I just want to get your feel for the Chargers, you know, as a whole. So you were named the, the play-by-play guy in 2017, correct? The first year in LA? Yeah, first, first year here. Play-by-play. Um, so you've, you've seen a lot. You know, you had the first Anthony Lynn year, 9-7, and seven, promising year. Crazy run, 12 and four in 2018, had the crazy Chiefs win in Kansas City, came back down to earth in 2019, kind of saw Phil Rivers kind of, you know, sailing off into the sunset, the the crazy COVID season of 2020. And then last year, 2021, kind of, you know, Justin Herbert's continuing his coming out party, no sophomore slump and everything. And then, you know, they're established in LA, the Chargers are, they've got this new stadium, the market's there. We've seen the franchise value, you know, skyrocket. Is this the most anticipation you've you felt as a play-by-play with the fan base with you know maybe inside the building as well um just for an upcoming season because it really feels like with brandon staley establishing this new culture with having you know as great as phil rivers is i'm number one phil rivers fan um kind of having that elite top five top three quarterback for the first time since phil's early years and everything else with the new city new market new jerseys that were great two years ago um is this the most excitement you felt around a, a team that you've been a part of well, I'll be honest, you know, I don't quite feel it yet. Um, okay. I felt it last year. I felt it last year for sure. Um, people love, you know, Brandon Staley won the press conference. Justin Herbert was the rookie of the year. Derwin James was coming back healthy. You know, there was, I felt like, man, this is, it, it's not even close, you know, to how it felt the, the four years prior. Because um, when they drafted Herbert, there wasn't a lot of sizzle there. He was sort of, you know, yeah. Quiet, understated kid. A lot of people wanted to, uh, especially because of the, you know, the Samoan and the Polynesian community here in Southern California. I was How guilty. Big and prom- What's that? I said I was guilty. I wanted to. Uh- oh, yeah, yeah. We all did. Look, Tua is incredible. I still think Tua is going to be an incredible pro. I, I don't buy into the whole he's going to be a bust. I don't think he is. I mean, injuries might slow him down, but I he's one of the best college quarterbacks I've ever watched. Just his processing, how quick twitch he is. Um, he's got juice. So, you know, I was guilty of that. But look, we were guilty of it because Mario Cristobal's an idiot and, and he didn't he didn't use Justin Herbert the right way, you know? Now, look, I, I say that tongue-in-cheek because they won a Rose Bowl, so how dumb can the guy be? He was head coach at Oregon and they won the Pac-12 in a Rose Bowl, so that's a great success. But at the same time, that's what you had with Justin Herbert and that's how you chose to deploy him. So, yeah, I mean, of, of course we viewed him differently than what he was able to become because we never saw him perform like he did in the pros. But... Last year, there was that heat, you know, I felt it going in. I saw, you know, this is, I say it and people think that I'm just embellishing. I'm not, I mean, I, it's not like I see 50 or 60 of these, but I've seen 10 or 15 of them where I'll see the parents in the Browns jerseys and their kids got the Justin Herbert Jersey on. Like that's yeah. when, you know, it's working, you know, it's Philip Rivers is San Diego's quarterback. He was never LA's quarterback. He was just, it, it was too long. Yeah, and he sure. never invest. He never invested in Los Angeles. He wanted nothing to do with it. So he never put himself into this community. You know, Derwin James and Justin Herbert, Joey Bosa, and what he's doing with with Chalk, and you know, and and Derwin, and 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 obviously in the community, and Justin Herbert, what he's doing with the elementary schools, like they're invested, man. They are out there. This is their city you know, this team is, is the Los Angeles chargers and they are Los Angeles chargers. So I think that's a big difference. Um, and then when you add on top of that, SoFi is now open for fans. It is an incredible stadium to watch a football game. So, and, and now you feel like, okay, now, now it's not like you said, it's not this kind of remarkable 12 and four run with, with guys like, Adrian Phillips, it just names that you're not really familiar with. And like, how did we, how did we get here? How did we make it here? You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas now there's, there's superstars, you know, Rashawn Slater's a superstar. Eckler's a star. Mm-hmm. Keenan and Mike Williams are stars. Herbert's a superstar. You know what I mean? Derwin's a superstar. So I think that's the difference. Um, and yes, I will suspect in, you know, I, I look, I felt the heat on the free agent signings, but I know when August comes around and I'm out, you know, at OCC at training camp, I'm going to feel it. It's going to be a freaking zoo and and it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, last question for you, money kind of putting you on the spot here. Um, I just, I want one. We, we love to do bold predictions in this industry. Um, just one bold prediction from you, whether it's free agency, the draft, it could be about the 2022 season, anything bold prediction chargers related 
that might be a little bit off the beaten path? Off the beaten path? I don't know. Look, I think Justin Herbert's going to be the MVP of the league. Um, I, I think he was in position for that last year. Had they won two or three more games, I think there would have been a, a bunch of discussion about that. So I, I think he's he's I think he's in line to win um, the MVP. I, that that's you know I, I hate doing that, putting those sort of expectations on someone. Hey, you're going to be the best player in football next year, <laughs> but um, I expect that to happen. Um, gosh, what's another bold prediction? I think we're gonna. I think there's going to be something for some reason. I just feel like there's something that's going to happen at running back. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, if someone gets cut late because they got to make room and they got to restructure. If, you know, I like a handful of the backs in the draft, you know, I don't know. They would have to, you know, that could be that trade back. Hey, do they trade back multiple times? Do they trade from 17 to 20? And then they trade from 20 to 26 and they trade from 26 to the day two. And next thing you know, they've got two twos and, and a three you know, for all of their maneuvering, um, the following day. And and then, you know, you're looking at maybe Brees Hall's there at the top of the second round or something like that. Cause someone wanted to trade back into the back end of the first to get that quarterback. Um, so I don't know. I just, you know, I've said this repeatedly when I do interviews, like Austin Eckler is so good and he's so good that it's to his own detriment. Sometimes he never goes down on first contact. So the guy ends up taking like twice as many hits as he should. Yeah. And that just can't happen next year. Like they have got to, to solve that. And, and I think last year when you saw them constantly rotating Larry Roundtree and, and Josh Kelly and the fact that Justin Jackson just has not been able to stay healthy. Um, yeah. I feel like that's something that's, you know, I don't know what, what you would call a splash or I don't know who's out there right now. I haven't really kind of dug into who's left in free agency or who's been cut maybe recently, but I just feel like there's something's going to happen there. Thank you, Matt Money Smith. It was a great time. You, you guys want to check him out. He's on the Petros and Money Show, AM 570, uh, 3 to 7 p.m. Um, and of course, you'll hear him every Chargers game alongside Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, it was great to have you on. Uh, maybe we could do this again, you know, during the season if you're ever free, maybe yeah. like a mid-season update of some kind. 100%, yeah. Loved it. Really enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. You got it, Jay. MVP. <laughs> MVP. 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 <laughs> Matt Money <laughs> fucking Smith. Oh my that god. Is oh wow. So good. Um yeah. wow. That 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 there's so much to take away from that. And and getting the perspective of Matt Money Smith is really that that is pretty something something special for us to have here on this show. So 100%. Uh, thank you, Jason, for yeah. doing that. We really appreciate you. Absolutely. Saving the day and asking some fantastic <laughs> questions. So, if you like Jason's questions, I apologize because I don't have as good of questions during my interviews. So Listen, I, I will try folks. my best. I would, <laughs> but you're stuck with me. <laughs> as we've made uh, the comparison many times in the past, we're just a bunch of goofy buttholes, and we just like to ask but, goofy butthole questions. Amen, so, brother. Um, we're we're more akin to having fun than anything else. But all those answers, Mister Smith. Woo. Uh, those were, that was a lot of fun. Cause that's a lot of good points. I mean, you're talking about a team that went nine and eight last year, better than the year before with a new coach, new system. Uh, if there was any slump to be seen from Justin Herbert, that didn't happen. Um, so there's no reason to expect that going into this next season, this next season, it should be just super duper exciting. There's no other way to put it. Like it just, it, it, the the possibilities again with just the free agency signings that we've had so far yeah. all these defense the defensive side of things which was where we had our issue last year like it, it's get it's getting taken care of here folks and Staley's getting the guys that he wants well and the the thing that really just reminded me that this is going to be the first time in Justin Herbert's career that he is in the same offense for more than one year yeah so what does that mean what does that look like? What, yeah. is, what does that do for this team and his ability to not just run the play, but be able to make checks and and understand the nuances better? Because he's a smart kid, you know he's going back there and studying, Absolutely. And getting better at this at this offense. So I'm thrilled with that. I was that was a, a fun insight that I kind of forgot about. So yeah, and I love that he called Mario Cristobal an idiot. Because <laughs> he's an idiot. Good. He's an idiot. Um, yeah, and I mean, and not even just getting the same system, but having the same tools. Like you've, he's gonna have the same wide receivers. He's gonna have the same center. He's gonna still have Rashawn Slater, 
protecting his side. So like there are a few changes. Sure. You've got a new tight end in Gerald Everett, which is just another target. And we're going to get a new right tackle, somebody to protect him on that side. And so outside of that, everything is pretty much the same for Justin Herbert. So there's no reason why that shouldn't kick into gear. Sure. Um, and, and just hearing him talk about like the, the first round possibilities again, it's just like, Nobody knows. Nobody. There's no clear indicator that like we have got to get this position. It's a or we weird gotta year. Get this guy. It's a weird year. It is a weird year. So it's going to make the draft day that much more exciting to see like what exact who's going to drop and um, all the names that he's brought up is names that everybody's brought up and and you know it, it, nice that he's referencing how deep that wide receiver class is um, because if we don't get a wide receiver in the first. I'm not stressed about it because there's another possibility just not that far down the line and whether or not we trade back, that's another possibility. Like who knows what's going to happen. So um, again, uh, Jason, thank you for sitting down with Matt Money Smith, Matt Money Smith. Thank you for sitting down with Jason. Thanks for everybody for sitting down. For Pete's sake. I love it. (laughs) He's just sitting down. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well now it's time to go on to the next segment. You know, him. You love them. It's the Craig experience. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on in, man. Kick your feet up. The oh. Craig experience. Hello there. Make yourself at home. Got some stuff to talk about, right? Moving on. Yo, am I really about to spend money on this draft gear this year? Um, I wasn't exactly thrilled with this piece of work. Who am I kidding? I'm definitely buying this crap. Whatever. CC gang. Big old salute to the rest of the boat fam. What's going on? It's your guy Craig in Texas, and welcome to another edition of the Craig Experience. What's in the news? Well, Tyreek Hill's no longer in the AFC West, so hooray and hallelujah to that. Off to the Miami Dolphins to form another ridiculous, inhuman tag team of speed uh, with Jalen Waddle, but not our problem anymore, at least not twice a year on an annual basis. So we can accept that and roll with it. Now, the flip side to it is that the Chiefs, what, have four picks within the first two rounds, which almost inevitably means that they're going to end up with at least a few players that I like personally in this draft. But hey, like I said before, if the trade-off is that to not having to deal with Tyreek Hill anymore. Take it all day long because there's only one of that guy. What this also means is that good old Patty Mahomes, a.k.a. Kermy, if you will, is going to have to play a little bit more disciplined brand of football. I mean, you don't have that option to flip the field at any given time and give you like one play touchdowns. Like, like you know, no disrespect to Miko Hartman. Ridiculously fast dude also, but he's not a Tyreek clone by any means. I'll take my chances with him. And, uh, you know, that two high shells going to come in handy a little bit more. It's going to force Mahomes, just like it did last year with a lot of other teams, to uh, play a little bit more underneath football. Get the ball out to guys, you know, in routes other than goes and posts. You have to take some of that drag route stuff, slants, comebacks, hitch routes, like all those other things that Patty doesn't love having to throw to. Uh, But, you know, hopefully it works out for him against everybody except us. Now, where the charges are concerned, because now free agency has like kind of almost come to a complete halt for some strange reason. It's super weird. We're now in the third phase of it, week three, whatever you want to call it. There's not a whole lot going on. Now, I have a sneaking suspicion something else is going to happen at some point. I don't know. Call it a hunch. It's the Craigster Diamonds 10 hat things tingling right now. So you know, if it goes down, then it does. If it doesn't, hand. but they do still have some very clear needs, right? We don't know what's going on at right guard or right tackle. Well, right guard specifically because Odeabushi is still out there and we don't know what the deal is with him. If they're looking to resign him, if they want to bring in like younger blood, we have heard though, just some chit chat about you know 
uh, Mr. Matt Filer moving over to right tackle, which is something I was a fan of and a proponent of last season when it became very evident that uh, Storm Norton was going to get our, our bright shining boy's head taken off at some point in time. It didn't actually happen. And I guess they didn't want to mess with continuity on the left side, which I understood. But look, there's no excuse for it now. Uh, Brennan Hymas looked pretty good in preseason. Yes, I get it. It's preseason. But next to uh, the babyface bully, um, a.k.a. Rashawn Slater, he looked pretty freaking good in those few snaps that he had alongside of him. And now we're in a new season. The accolades have already been given. Hymas will be sandwiched in between two all-pro players in uh, Slater and Lindsley. I think he'd be able to handle himself, and he's got more than enough help there. And I also feel a little bit more comfortable about a guy who played right tackle at a pretty above average level for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Moving to right tackle for us. I feel better about that than a rookie right tackle. I think you guys would agree. A guy with some experience as a proven commodity at that position as opposed to somebody's getting their first run in the league. I mean, you're not going to pull a Rashawn Slater out of your butt every year in the draft. That's not a normal thing. So we'll see where that goes. But again, I don't want the Chargers to be pigeonholed into any position going into the draft because, well, I'm not going to go into that because it's all positive here. So what we're going to stick to is the fact that there's a level of comfort that should be had throughout the organization for a guy like that, who's a glue guy, already been proven to be able to perform at the position. Just move him on over uh, if you want to resign O'Day at that point, or if you want to get, again, another rookie to play right guard, sandwiched in between Corey Lindsley, all pro, Matt Filer, proven commodity at the position. I'm down for all of that. So without holding you folks up very much longer, here is my perspective on things. I kind of have an order of things that I would like to see coming up in the draft. Let's just say if things stay exactly the same. Uh, if they don't really go after any other offensive linemen or any other real positions in a free agency prior to the draft. I'm going to throw something out here. Go with me. Might sound a little crazy. I wouldn't be shocked if uh, they go hybrid safety slash corner-ish at 17. If they stick at 17. I know it sounds nuts, right? But what do you know about Brandon Staley? What does he value? Edge rushers, secondary players, interior defensive linemen. But they kind of sort of mostly solved their problem in free agency with the IDLs. He did mention wanting to do the same thing for Derwin that he did for Herbert. If you can get someone who's interchangeable with Derwin, then that makes Derwin's life a whole lot easier and allows him to be who he is. I'm just throwing that out there. I'm not saying it's what I think is necessarily going to happen. Just something to think about because right now everybody's talking about like offensive linemen or another defensive lineman at 17. If they stick and stay at 17, personally, like if you really want to know what I would love to do, I would like to see them trade back, maybe pick up that second round pick or actually an additional third round because there's a lot of value. The later you get into the first round, going into the second, third, blah, 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 blah. But hey, those are my thoughts. Uh, fellas, I don't have any questions for you. Uh, appreciate you as always. I will catch you guys next time. Y'all know where y'all can check your boy at, but I'm sorry. What am I talking about? Y'all know what it is. It is Mr. Bolt Gang or Do Not Bang. Um, see me on Twitter at T-O-P underscore F-L-Y-T-3. Oh, you can catch me at uh, Charge It to the Game on the Flight Deck on YouTube, which I promise, guys, I got something coming soon. It's just been a lot going on these last few weeks. So, again, grab me some grace. Anywho, like I said before, catch y'all on the next one. Until then, be good. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye, Craig. Grant him some freaking grace already, for some Pete's sake. Jeez Louise. Um, well, uh, great insight there, Craig, because it it does make sense that like there are guys that we do have that can play in that position. And, you know, just like we talked about with Tyreek Hill, like you just can't go to the Tyreek Hill to get a 12 pack of Tyreek Hill 
in the same sense, you can't just go get another Rashawn Slater. You can't yeah. expect that lightning is going to strike twice, huh? Chargers, maybe. Oh, pun-tastic. Um, <laughs> you can't expect that to happen. So if that is the direction they go, great, because that's obviously who they think is the best player at that position when it comes time to draft. But I will, I will say Tom Telesco is much better in the first round than he is mm-hmm. in all the other rounds. So right. trading out and getting more second and thirds, I, his track record is he lands his first round picks. Those right. are working for him. Right. So just in the, the selfish, like I've seen this track record and where it goes, first round pick, kind of hope they hold on to what they got right now and grab right. grab somebody solid there because that's what he's known for. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, it all depends on there's still free agency moves that could potentially happen. There's still some money to be spent um, it does feel like there might still be at least one or two more signings uh, that could potentially come out of this offseason uh, in regards to free agency. Um, but I think, uh, yeah, I mean, when you look at Telesco's you know, track record, and now that he's got Brandon Staley, they know what the plan is. They know the players they want to go for. Um, I would rather they stay in that first round. I mean, you're just you're taking the gamble if you think a guy's going to fall to the point that you want. But I mean, it also depends on what they're what they're being offered. If somebody else wants to trade up into that first, if it's just too good to not to, to say no to, then obviously then then they're going to do it. But um, draft day is still about a month away, uh, but it is coming up. I am looking forward to it. It is exciting. The offseason just won't quit on the excitement level. So can't stop, won't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, again, Craig, thank you for coming on, buddy. Again, glad to see you're doing all right out there. Uh, hopefully the wind stays below 10 miles per hour for you. Um, Please. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Charger Chat. Any any final thoughts there, Kev? I just, uh, I'm hoping my brother shows up um, next week. Like, (laughs) I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm hoping. I'm hoping the coach comes back, which he should be. But Right. Hopefully um, he's not a red tomato taking up a screen oh, space here. He, he'll definitely be a little little red. A little kiss by the sun, if you will. But a little I will, sun kiss. I, I will say these last three episodes doing it one-on-one, I'll cherish them always, Wooldog. Oh, yes. It'll be, it, we'll, we'll always have those have three this. episodes. Yeah, we'll, this, we'll always have these. So, um, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Charger Chat, folks. Don't forget to bolt up because we're ready for any squad, any place. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.